1: To a special edition of Tunnel Vision, a show brought to you by USCFootball.com. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham. And alongside, we had a new face here. Maybe not, you know, you're familiar with him from the podcast of Champions. You see his work over at Bruin Report Online. But David Woods, David David Woods on Twitter uh, is joining me in studio. He, of course, covers the UCLA Bruins uh, for many, many years. Uh, He's doing that over at BruinReportOnline.com. And since we're going to do like a little preview show of USC UCLA, we're mixing this up a little bit. I know it's a different time. It's a Wednesday. It's an afternoon. But I thought it'd be a unique opportunity to get someone in studio that really knows the Bruins. Top to bottom. Big w- Chip when Kelly he fan. Get here? Yeah. <laughs> David Woods. Thank you so much for coming in, Mr. Woods. It's, it's an
0: honor. Um, just this office, it's uh, so impressive. <laughs> um, you know, I just feel, you know, I'm a little bit out of sorts here um, sitting in this chair. But I'm going to try to make, yeah, I just got to hang on. Put that over there. <laughs> there we go.
1: Nice. Uh so if you guys don't know, uh so David and I, we've known each other for for a long time. We cover different teams. We had um kind of run I think we were just talking to ourselves at a uh, high school event. I don't know, this is probably like seventy five years ago. No, no, it's like eight, yeah, eight yeah. or nine years, something like that, whatever it was. We were watching the great Mike Juarez. Yes. Uh who was play, playing playing over at Redondo Union. USC and UCLA ties. Um and uh what I don't know how we just kind of came up with an idea like we should do a Pac-12 podcast because we had done like a recruiting video Mm -hmm. somewhere in Westwood like you and me and people loved it like Mm -hmm. we were talking about the classes for both schools and uh, people just kind of love we seem to have good
0: yeah just two weirdos weirdos (laughs) sitting by a playground talking. (laughs) (laughs) Talking uh, Deshaun Holiday and the 2015 recruiting
1: class. (laughs) That was kind of crazy. But yeah, that was – we had a lot of fun. So we started the podcast of champions. We've been doing that uh, I think since 2015 or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. So And David comes here and we do – he doesn't call it a simulcast, but we will record our podcast and we will do a live video show on the – you can follow us at Pac-12 Podcast over there. We do it on that YouTube channel. And uh, so he's very familiar with this chair. Uh, It's just a little different format. We're not doing our, um, you know, Pac-12 roundup. We're not doing any of that stuff. We would normally have our little sound effects. We got the USC
0: Trojans
1: taking on the UCLA Bruins. But make sure you check out the show. It's a lot of fun. Um, Mostly, it seems like a lot of USC and UCLA fans, at least they're fighting on the message boards about, but we have fans from all over the Pac-12. Uh, kind of coming in and uh, and talking. Let's and
0: let's be honest. Let's call them listeners. Listeners. Let's, let's not call them fans.
1: They might not be fans. Yeah. Uh, but we wanted to get David in for like kind of a short show. So again, sorry sorry for the time change. But we're going to preview USC and UCLA. It will go up in podcast form as well. But this is like our video show over on our YouTube channel. Please, if you're watching uh, live, thanks very much. Smash that like button. You know, like that up there. Uh, very much. We like that. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh at inside troy um you follow me on twitter at inside troy david at david david woods on our youtube channel it's also inside troy please uh, subscribe to that channel as well and david where else can they they find you where- BruinReportOnline dot com and twitter and i spend uh you know
0: about half my day on twitter so yeah. you can find me there pretty regularly at
1: least for now unless it goes away well even then i'll just be shouting into the void that's awesome. Man. Yeah. Apparently, Elon Musk said, uh, like, if you have your, so I have a blue check mark. Apparently, it's going to go away unless I pay eight dollars a month. Wasn't it white just until the other day ago? Was it a white? Check it mark? was a white check mark, and then it became a blue check mark again. Oh, I don't know, but I think it's going to go away. So I might lose my blue check mark because I don't think I'm paying. Uh, paying you did, for you that. didn't pay. You didn't pay the price. You didn't pay the Piper. I, I'm not paying for the blue check. Mark. I don't know what. It, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? But whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, But yeah, so wanted to. uh, We're going to get into the show. Wanted to thank uh, our sponsor over at the uh, Podcast of Champions, my bookie. So some of you guys might not have heard of them, but uh, I do picks. We do our picks against the spread every week. David's beat me by a couple games this week, Uh, but I've been doing pretty well. We're both over five hundred. Uh, I'm 40, 36, and one. David's 42, 34, and one against the spread. And we've I've been doing all the bets over there every time I make a pick. I put a bet over at MyBookie. There's a lot of sports books to choose from, and you need a platform that makes it simple for you to bet and win, like MyBookie. They have a huge selection of odds, props, contests for all your betting needs. If you want to bet USC, UCLA, the Pac 12, all of that, you can do it over at MyBookie. And if you sign up today for free, you can use the promo code PAC12. So that's PAC 12. And you will get a half deposit match any amount up to a thousand bucks. So that's pretty cool, free money in your account. Promo code PAC twelve to claim your deposit bonus and give yourself a competitive edge when you play with my bookie. You're not just betting; you're joining the winning team. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. First time I've done one of those on Tunnel Vision. That was good. a gorgeous read. Was
0: it pretty? That's not bad. I'd, huh? I'd give it a nine and a half out of ten.
1: That's not bad. Like I did, you know, I don't know, like pre-read these or whatever. Sometimes we just kind of you know riff. Sometimes you have like a little script. Right. You sort of.
0: Yeah, but if you like of,
1: money. My bookie. Yeah. Um, Mark wants to know. You you can put your comments up on the screen, too. We'll try to get to. I'll try to put them up. Uh, And if you have any questions and stuff. Mark, why is it Bruin on the show? LOL. Well, we want to preview the USC-UCLA game. And uh, David's great. You know, he's he's going to be. uh, I, I think Dave. I think Dave and I both try to be brutally honest about the teams that we cover. So if there are. Good things we'll say they're good. And if there are bad things, we'll say they're bad. Like we would both probably admit that these defenses are in the subpar range. You know? I, I would
0: I would go one step <laughs> further and say they're both horrible. Uh but here's the interesting thing about the Pac 12 this year is there are three teams with a good defense, and then everyone else is bad. Yeah. Absolutely atrociously bad. Uh USC and UCLA are both in there. But I will say this looking at the updated stats, USC it's at the top of the bad. It's at the uh, it's at the cusp of middling uh, nationally now. Really? It's 87th in
1: points per drive allowed. They got better. They got better. Even with the Cal game, because the Cal game, the Cal yeah, game was bad. I mean,
0: but then you add in what they did to Colorado, lowly Colorado. So that and out, look, yeah. it's it's absolute numbers. Points per drive is absolute. It's not taking into quality of opponents, so it doesn't matter
1: that it was Colorado that scored seventeen. It's a team scoring seventeen. Gotcha. All right. Uh, what do you make of the? So we have six Pac-12 teams. We we did our show podcast of champions before the college football playoff rankings came out. They they put it way later. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't later, but they put it between a couple of big basketball games. Which yeah, Michigan State, Kentucky. Who cares? But that was double overtime. Uh, but USC is the highest team, number seven. UCLA is checking in at sixteen. Um, you know, Oregon State sneaks in the rankings at twenty-three. Uh do you think that's about where the Pac twelve team should be or?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think uh the the quality of the top part of the league, I think, has improved over uh the last couple of years. Um it's certainly not as the Pac twelve last year was historically bad, maybe the worst the Pac twelve has ever been. This year I would say it's it's not great, but it's much better than the ACC. And it's, you know, in that middle ground where it's within shouting distance of, you know, the Big Ten. Um but it's, you know, I think six teams is about right, and none of them in the top four, which sounds about right given that nobody is undefeated because this is the Pac-Twelve.
1: It is. And you know, the the good thing, and this is what Larry Scott didn't grasp when he talked about the parity, which I'm gonna take credit for. That was my question at the whatever the Pac Twelve Championship game. You know, I'm like, I told Dan Weber, because I, I couldn't get down there. Like, would you rather have a team in the playoff or parody? And Larry Scott's initial answer was parody and he backed off that but that was his mindset that showed you what he was thinking like he'd rather a parody when Stanford is three and nine and beats Oregon last year like that doesn't help the back 12 you know it's fine if Washington beats Oregon um you know Arizona beating UCLA like that's kind of borderline like probably not good but we've kind of avoided that for the most part this year um this was this past weekend was the first time any of the top four teams lost to someone that wasn't in the top four, but that gets you a lot of teams up there ranked, and uh, I think that's what kind of the Pac-12 needed. Um, this could have been a you know, this could have been two nine and one teams, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be you know, USC controls their own destiny. UCLA needs some help, right, if, to to win this game and beat Cal yeah, to and make you, it to the you know why they need help? Why? Uh, because they lost horribly to a
0: three and six Arizona team at home <laughs> last week.
1: That wasn't very good, but no, but like even when we were pre, when we were recapping USC and Arizona, and you were kind of like poking some fun. I mean, that was a team that looked very spark. Well, they had some sparks on of, offense, of you know?
0: the bad teams in the Pac-12, of which Arizona is one. They have something that the other teams don't, which is a side of the ball that's actually useful. Like their offense is actually good. Their defense is a trash can. But the thing is, <laughs> ASU, Stanford, Colorado, both sides of the ball are bad. Like yeah. just straight bad. Arizona, yeah, they've got that one dangerous side of the ball. But the thing is, for UCLA, you can't score 28 points against Arizona when they're running out that defense. Yeah, yeah. you might give up 34, but while giving up 34, go ahead and score 52.
1: That was me. so, like, I, we kind of know some of these teams where we've covered the Pac-12 a lot. Like, it was definitely concerning for me to have, like, a Jack Plummer throw for over mm-hmm. 400 yards against USC's defense, even though they've struggled at times. Like, they, Cal really hasn't scored outside of scoring 49 on Arizona. Um you know, you could look at that. Maybe it's an anomaly, or whatever. They had a better game right. against Colorado next week, but what that was the one thing that would I be concerned most about. Like, I thought Arizona would score, but like you said, you're going to put up a lot of like. It's hard to not put up points on this Arizona. Defense, Johnny Nansen, for God's sake! What's going on there? Like, what, what, what's your assessment of that? Because that would be the thing I come away most concerned of. That you know, Charbonnet, Charbonnet, had a good game, but they just didn't put up a whole bunch of points.
0: So there were a few things going on. Number one, I think UCLA's offensive game plan was extremely limited. I thought, I think they thought they could go into that game and not like roll the ball out and just win. But I think they thought, well, we can pare down the playbook. We don't need to show a whole lot. Let's let's just. Get through this one, running like our base, you know, menu of plays. And I don't think, um, you know, the guy who does our um scheme breakdowns uh, every uh, every week after the game, um, he I thought had a really good read of it. Which is Johnny Nansen was on this staff last year. Um, if anyone's going to have a pretty good understanding of what concepts Chip Kelly likes, uh, it's going to be an assistant coach who was on the staff last year. And so I don't think there was an understanding that maybe they have to put a little bit more nuance into the game plan um, going against a team like that. But it was just, you know, the usual assortment of runs, the usual assortment of pass plays. And Arizona had it well-schemed and well-scouted. And then on top of that, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and this, you know, it's probably related, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson played his worst game of the year. He looked much more like the 2019 version of Thompson-Robinson and not the, you know, pretty elite playmaker we saw from the first six or seven games of this year. Um, and when you add that all together, uh, it just, you know, you scored 28, they ran the ball incredibly well, even with the kind of limited assortment of plays. Um, but two things I would say take away from that game that are problematic is Thompson Robinson has not played as well as he did in the first half of the season over the last three games. And then on top of that, UCLA's offensive tackles have been a tire fire of late, um, against two bad pass rushes, ASU and Arizona, um allowed a ton of pressure. I think Thompson Robinson was pressured on something over thirty-five percent of downs, uh passing downs in each game. Um that's not gonna that's not gonna do anything for your offensive efficiency. Um and a big part of it was right tackle Garrett DiGiorgio. He's really really struggled. And again, ASU and Arizona are not very good rushing the passer. You know who is? Who's Ryan? good at it? Uh USC. They are pretty good at it. Yeah, USC is like a top twenty five sack rate unit this year. Um so I think uh, there's potential worrying signs there, and I think it's going to require a very good game plan from Chip Kelly. He's generally brought his, brought his A game He's for this sort of game, game plans, yeah. but um, he, he definitely needs to bring in this one.
1: I mean, but, like I think him coaching the sort of run schemes that they've put together, that might be his best coaching job. Just the, the way that UCLA runs the ball. Um, yeah, I think that, that might – I don't know. What do you think Like as far as – like he's been pretty good as a game manager, I think. Um, I mean, they go for it, I think, the right amount of time on fourth downs and things like that, but maybe not the, you know, some of the time management stuff, but all, all the coaches kind of screwed that up for whatever reason. But the, the run the run game, like the, the run game plan seems to be very good.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chip Kelly could probably make a run game out of you and me, um, <laughs> like, could probably make that happen. Um, I think designing a run game, very good, um, designing a game plan when he's, you know, got a the thing is that Arizona game was like, that was a coaching fail, but for the most part, he's really good at identifying a defense's weaknesses and exploiting it. Um, it's much more like a, almost like a basketball coach's approach where you find a single mismatch and then you just go after it over and over and over again. That's what Chip Kelly likes to do with his game plans. Um, I would say from like a game management standpoint, he's good at knowing the percentages for the most part on fourth downs, going forward at the right times, a little bit of like, um, I don't know if it's meat headed old coach stuff will creep in at times. Meat headed Um, old coach. (laughs) Yeah, you know, just like I've been a football coach for 30 years and, you know, what stuff I learned from 20 years ago is still kind of creeping in the back of my mind sometimes. For the most part, though, he plays the numbers on fourth down, which is good. Most coaches are doing that these days or much more to an extent than they used to. Um, But I would say clock management. Is not a strength. Um, mm. I, I asked him about the middle eight today, and he he seemed to understand like the idea of it, but um, <laughs> it's just, you know, timeouts and what they're used for. Um, like a timeout is much more valuable for the forty seconds of clock than for, you know, preventing a delay of game penalty and against Arizona in a game that was obviously developing into a shootout. Like obviously it's the kind of game where whoever has the ball last is going to have a chance to win or tie the game. Most important thing is managing your time at the end of a game like that. Absolute most important thing. And he spent a time out to prevent a delay of game on second and eight with like 12 and a half minutes to go. That's just, that's that's not good. That's bad game management. These guys are paid way too much money to screw up things like that.
1: I agree with you there, but they seem to always do that for whatever right. reason. You would mentioned the the whole Johnny Nansen thing and you know the former coach from being on the staff. There's a lot of former USC coaches now, maybe not from mm-hmm. the last year, but... Uh, what so? Clancy Pendergast is still. Oh yeah, it's a Hall of Heroes, Hall of uh,
0: Hall of Trojan Greats. Clancy Pendergast,
1: <laughs> who you always Tim, thought should Tim be the head coach. Tim Drevno, hell yeah, baby! You thought he should be the head coach at USC. Yeah, right? I
0: mean, I think I think Pendergast. Whenever uh, I mean, after this season, when Lincoln Riley moves on for the NFL, uh, get
1: Pendergast <laughs> back over there. So he's acting defensive coordinator, probably still this week.
0: Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, Bill McGovern, I don't expect to be back. Um, Definitely not this week. I don't know if he'll be back next week. Um, he's dealing with some sort of um, health issue. Okay. Uh, so we wish him the best. Uh, Clancy Pendergast is an analyst, but he's been effectively coordinating from the box. He can't do any of the on-field coaching stuff that uh, McGovern was able to do, but really McGovern was just watching anyway. Um, so I think <laughs> Pendergast is mainly pl- doing that role. Okay. Um, there have been some changes <laughs> defensively with that. A little bit more blitzing, but then some really absurd third down calls. Um does it, there, did he
1: did he like drop ten and rush yes, one? Yes, there was a two man rush on a
0: third and eighteen that Jaden Delora got to a fourth and three, which then was converted. Okay, um, so a little bit of consternation among the uh, UCLA mm-hmm. fan base there, um, but you know you got to they're going to have to do what they got to do. I mean, I think the only other option would have been to have Ken Norton Jr. do the uh, defensive coordinating, and I don't know if he was you know
1: he was an NFL defensive coordinator. He was.
0: I just don't know if that was you know if he. I don't know. I have no idea what the what the conversations were there. If it was you know, with Pendergast having the experience and only being an analyst, it's easier to just put him in that role
1: than yeah. to have somebody else do a linebacker coaching. I don't know. So there's so you mentioned Pendergast, uh, Tim Drabno, offensive mm-hmm. line. Ken Norton Jr. Ken Norton Jr. I mean UCLA guy, but coached him. Yeah, yeah. Like he got a coaching start with Pete Carroll at yeah, USC. Yeah, because uh who was it?
0: Carl Durrell told him, No, nope, sorry.
1: Carl Durrell didn't want to hire him, so Pete Carroll did. Exactly. Well, you know <laughs> It's <laughs> really okay. It's like you're trying to go work for like RC Cola, and you're like, no, oh, you're not good enough. And then Coke's like, we'll make that, you president. You're and like, that is yeah. <laughs> why Carl Durrell is such a great coach. Uh, no longer coaching. Probably won't coach anymore. Uh, there's, is there, there's others, right? Oh, Chad. Ka-a-a-ha. yeah. Um, I, I was funny. I was talking to Justin Diddich at practice yesterday, and it's asking like what he saw from film, uh, you know UCLA, and he had mentioned Chad, like you know, because, yeah, uh-huh. you know, they would go against him in practice and stuff, so. I like Chad. I liked him. He was cool. Like um, Pendergast was weird. Is there other? I like I think, Drevno. Too. I think
0: that's. I, I maybe there's. There might be, like some there might be somebody sneaking around in the analyst group, but I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. All these guys who were analysts last year, like Drevno and Pendergast, are suddenly in much bigger roles. Which yeah, yeah Drevno I mean, wasn't an analyst. Anytime you can take um, assistant coaches from basically the worst period in USC history, and <laughs> you know get him into much more prominent roles at UCLA, you got to do it, right?
1: We have a comment uh, from Dale. Uh, Pendergast is hilarious. He can't recruit and can't coach. Interesting. I want his job. That's like me getting paid for watching Netflix. Um, But he does have a similar recruiting philosophy to Chip Kelly, right? Like they do have like a similar philosophy. Yeah, very very similar philosophy. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, boy. Um, So, okay. So watching this UCLA team. I mean, obviously the offense uh, stands out. You mentioned like 2019 DTR. And I think in the beginning of the season, there was a lot of people sort of just waiting for like DTR to like drop the ball and kick Game. it backwards or something. Right. And He's been, I mean, you're what, 50 or 60. The crazy thing is Lincoln Riley coached against him yeah no he cut Kyler Kyler Murray and DTR (laughs) were like how insane I didn't even think about that yeah yeah, no he coached
0: and he coached against the version of DTR that was like empty handing fumbling all the time (laughs) like just I'm running and the ball's not here anymore uh no and, and that's the thing is like Dorian's been I would say minimum level competent since 2020 and actively good since the beginning of 2021 Um, I think a lot of people, understandably, wrote the book on him. I mean, he's been there forever now. I mean, he's been starting games for now five years. Uh, A lot of people wrote the book on him after the first two years, and he's a young guy who only played really one year as the starter at quarterback in high school. Uh, Most guys who come into college football starting as a true freshman, they've played a lot more high school football than Dorian ever had. Um, So he's improved a lot. I mean, he's gotten a lot better. Um, Even this year, I mean, he's had – basically one poor game and even in that game if you look at the stats nothing like what he was doing in 2018 and 2019 he turned it over once um he's a much more competent quarterback even when he is not playing his best um and the end result is he's going to have no doubt his statistically best season um and we'll see if he can bounce back he is also another guy who's historically been pretty good in this game um he's gotten you know he's put up some real numbers um so We'll see if he's able to bounce back this week. This would obviously be the the big one. Um no one will remember Arizona if he puts up, you know, four touchdowns and 350 yards against USC.
1: Yeah. Um I don't we have uh we have a bunch of people. Make sure you smash that like button uh on the uh on the uh YouTubes over there if you're watching us live. And uh, let us know. Shout out in the uh um chat box if you're a UCLA fan. I know Dave put this over on bro sorry we kind of put this together last minute or whatever but that's sort of our brand like that's how we do things david yeah that's how the poc works that's what yeah so i try not to let that bleed into my like regular stuff stuff (laughs) that i actually get paid for but i infected this one no there's i mean this i'm this is my fault but it was nice of you to kind of come on and do this i thought it'd be fun to just do like a little different feel of uh, a tunnel vision and uh and these are great and i've had a lot of fun i don't know like these are cool when you do like the live video thing having people in the chat like as we're talking and our regular television show we'll take live calls and stuff too we don't have a lot of time today so we're not gonna do that but i got i i like this i mean it's it's great to we always put ourselves out there we open to all kinds of criticism but the to get the, like the instant feedback from fans is always kind of fun
0: yeah it's great um it's been a lot of fun on the poc it's great to see all these lovely Trojan fans extending so much respect and uh, you know cordiality towards the Bruins in are, the chat here.
1: Are they? Uh, <laughs> UCLA fans only have Blackberries, no YouTube app. Okay. Uh, friends
0: don't let friends ruin their lives. Oh, that's I'll put that one up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's uh,
1: that's good. We uh, we both do a pretty good job of kind of poking fun of the <laughs> schools that we cover. Now it was easier the last couple of years when the teams we covered stink, and then now that they're good yeah it's great like announce you're gonna leave and then we just then they get good i'm
0: eager to return to my comfort level um (laughs) ucla being nine or eight and two right now um but yeah it's uh, and it's been funny um with the announcement this summer and then uh both teams picked (laughs) this season to be i don't know good for the first time in like 10 years yeah
1: interesting it is it is pretty funny like oh i mean is it larry scott being gone or or whatever um we, we we're going to do um, like a five question thing. So you can check those out on the different sites that Dave and I have sent each other questions and stuff. But I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on uh, the defensive side and you bring it. And there was some good transfers that come in uh, the, the, the pass rushers from North Texas. And I think there's been some good things that the UCLA defense has done, but there's also been, you know, some problems too like mm-hmm. what, are the, what do you feel like the strengths and weaknesses are of the ucla defense
0: well so i would say it's sort of like usc um to an extent um which is that the one like kind of underlying strength is the pass rush um they have enough to not I, I wouldn't say consistently and regularly but like intermittently get a four-man rush which is something that was more or less an impossibility the last few years Uh, leotu latu who's a transfer from washington um the murphy twins from north texas carl jones who's a holdover um combined they've done a pretty nice job leotu latu for much of the season was really dominating from the edge he's kind of dropped off the last few games i'm not sure if he's nursing something um but uh the edge rush has been pretty good um and then on the back line uh mo osling at safety has been a tackling machine, Uh, basically been like the whole reason that they've been good at preventing explosive plays. Um, That's the quality of UCLA's defense is that they don't allow a ton of explosives. I think they're averaging like five and a half yards per play given up, which in this league constitutes a really good defense. That is really, Uh, that's really good at preventing explosive plays. Um, The problem is UCLA has been bad in the red zone um, and they've been bad allowing um, just kind of short yardage conversions. Um, And, Against mobile quarterbacks, they've had a lot more issues. Uh, Edge containment has been a problem. Um, Against Bo Nix, it was a problem. Against Jaden DeLore, it was a problem. I'm anticipating it'll be a problem again this week. And it's not necessarily they're allowing a ton of rush yards. It's just they're allowing mobile quarterbacks who are comfortable getting outside of the pocket and throwing from outside of the pocket, they're allowing them too much comfort doing so. Um, They're allowing them to get outside and do that stuff and reset their feet and then look downfield. And those kind of broken play situations, it puts a lot of demands on the defensive backs. um, And they're just not bringing down the quarterbacks in those situations enough. Um, They're allowing these wide open lanes. Um, Not a ton. I would say this is where the Chip Kelly talent acquisition strategy is kind of coming home to roost. Because there's just not a ton of front seven speed. There's not a ton of front seven athleticism. I would say Carl Jones is a plus athlete. Leotu Latu is a plus athlete. The Murphy twins are not. Pretty much nobody in the linebacker core generally is, um, and that's where they're um, falling short.
1: it's funny because like the USC defense has their own issues as well, but they, it's like, you do some things well, like they do get after the passer pretty well. Um, I think they still have problems with mobile quarterbacks, but they, they give up a lot of explosive plays and it's, it could be on both sides of the ball. Like sometimes they a good run team. Like Mm -hmm. I think against Utah, they, they did a really good job shutting down, you know, what Utah would love to do first is run, but they gave up, you know, crap, you know, yards through the air. You let the tight end go for 234 yards. Like, you're probably not going to, you know, play well. They've been, they've given up a lot of explosive plays, but then they also get the kind of big home run plays on defense, too. They've, you know, forced so many turnovers. I don't know if they still lead the nation in turnover margin, but they were up there, uh, you know, for a long time. They have the, you know, turnovers there. But in, so it's kind of funny. Like, it's more of a bend, or break, but feast or famine too. So it'll be interesting to see. UCLA can get some big chunk plays, you know, and so if it's a handoff to Charbonnet or dump yeah. it off to Casimir Allen or you know DTR taking off and running, USC's certainly been susceptible to giving up the big ones.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't be, I mean, if my read on USC, and this is from a statistical angle, but also what I've seen is that it's it, the UCLA's game plan has to revolve around the running game. I think there's too much danger in that secondary and with the pass rush to think, oh, uh, we're going to do five-step drops and, and be able to throw it all over this defense. Um, as much as there is weakness at the opposite corner, as much as there is weakness at the other safety, as much as there is weakness in in at nickel, um, the problem is that pass rush. And then suddenly you've got, you know, Kalen Bullock picking off another pass um, because you're under pressure when you throw the ball. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of it's going to be dependent on keeping the ball on the ground. Um, I think there is some weakness, especially with the injuries for USC at linebacker. You know, just, you know, who's going to be available, what's going to be their? how healthy are they going to be when they play? Um, And, you know, I think defensive tackle, my read on it is that USC is fine, but not great. Um, The edge is where they've, you know, made a lot of their work. So um, I would just, I would lean a lot on the run play and then, um, you know, try to RPO a little bit um, and see if you can attack, um, attack those edges a little bit, get them thinking a little bit. Um, so that they're not just keying on um, Dorian, especially with how bad the tackles have been of late. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to have to do some misdirection in the run game. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it's running it well in this game serves two purposes. One, you'll probably get some explosive plays because Zach Charbonnet is a freak. Um, And then two, you keep the ball away from USC a little bit more. Um, Keep the possessions low and, uh, you know, Hopefully, allow for the possibility that USC makes more mistakes on offense than UCLA does.
1: Yeah, we saw. I think Washington did a really nice job of that in the first half against Oregon. Um, Oregon's got this high-powered offense, and Washington kept you know the Oregon just didn't have the ball that much. Second half, it just went back and forth, but uh, I thought they did a nice job doing that, running the ball more, which wasn't their mo. Obviously, run the ball is UCLA's mo. But you mentioned some of the health stuff. I'll try to give everybody like an update on the USC injury front, and then maybe you can do the same for. UCLA. Both coaches are not very forthcoming when it comes to injuries. Huh. Uh, I think Lincoln Riley's will talk about it a little bit where like Chip Kelly's not and Chip. No one's to the Kyle Whittingham thing where we're here's our starting quarterback until like they kick off right. and then he's not. And then I talked to Petros in the uh, in the booth about that and he he was not very happy. You know, it's like what are your, yeah. I mean, it does not help the TV crew when you run like a five minute package of the guy that's not starting. <laughs> um, so. And he said there's other times where you like just tell the guy, like, hey, um, this guy's not going to start. Just don't say anything. And then they won't say anything. You know, I mean, it's not right. that big of a deal. But so no one's to Whittingham's level where there's just like full on deception. Um, but so, you know, we saw Jordan Addison come back, uh, play briefly. I talked to him yesterday and he said he's ready to go. He actually had some funny comments about what DTR said. That a lot of people were kind of commenting on that. No, no USC players like took the bait or whatever, but um he well, said, bait.
0: he was just describing objective facts they yeah. scored 60 last year and they would like to do so again how I, is that bait i fair yeah
1: um so it was it was funny and uh so look addison told me he's like you know he's gonna put he's he said he's back so um he seems very competent even though you know he looked also we'll see mario williams uh the other wide receiver warmed up i thought was gonna play and did not so he was really close lincoln rye's not giving any definitive answers. Uh, about those guys but he he's I'm guessing he's going to play uh, Eric Gentry just hasn't been around he wasn't like warming up before the game and stuff Um he would be the biggest name that you would think you would you know you would like to get back if you're USC just because he's he adds a you know a different dimension to the defense when you got like a six foot six middle linebacker that can actually cover guys and, and run in space and stuff so I don't know if he's going to be back or not, or are they saving? were they saving him? Or I, I'm just not sure. But one of those things where if he could have played at all, I think he would have liked to get him in some of the Colorado game. But So I'm not not really sure about him. But those are kind of like some of the, mm-hmm. the main guys. What about on the uh, UCLA side?
0: Yeah, so uh, we get no information from Chip Kelly on injuries. <laughs> so it basically relies on us using sources and then um, what we observe in the 20 minutes that we're uh, able to observe practice. And just so you guys get some insight into what UCLA allows us to observe, It's basically uh, eight minutes of them stretching, uh, followed by special teams, followed by one round of individual drills. Okay. So nothing. No teamwork whatsoever. The
1: one thing, though, so we get about the same thing as far as what we can watch, but say, say I saw Eric Gentry do something at practice we are not supposed to report on if we see an injured guy like play or not play so you've can we at least can, say, we can report whatever we
0: want but we only get 20 minutes right so well, we, we could we could just make things up too um <laughs> but uh so here's the 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 low down the skinny as it were kay. is that zach Charbonnet's practicing i would anticipate him playing Okay. Uh, keegan jones his backup at running back was not practicing but he was in full pads. So, Casimir
1: so Allen's not the backup or
0: Well, Keegan Jones is the true number 2. Okay. Casimir Allen is a starting slot receiver who has worked in the backfield the last few weeks because of some of the injuries. Okay. I would anticipate him still doing some work in the backfield. He was also back in practice after missing the game against Arizona and taking reps. Um I would anticipate him playing. Keegan Jones, I would not. Uh I would say limited or out. Okay. Um, Colson yankoff who's the fourth string running back, he's healthy and ready. And then they've got two other running backs who haven't played a lot. I don't know if they're preserving red shirts or what. TJ Harden and Deshaun Morel. Um, but running back was one of the issues. Um, <laughs> so that's it, that. Um, the other thing, um, I would say Bo Calvert, who's a backup edge, uh, he was in shirts and shorts for most of this week. Um I don't know. I mean, he banged heads in that game from what I observed, so I wouldn't be shocked if he's out this week. Um and then aside from that, they're pretty healthy. Um, you know, they've they've dealt with some intermittent issues at linebacker. Uh John John Vons was limited for a little while, Kane Madrana was limited for a little while, but they're both back. Um I would anticipate them being pretty healthy for this game. Um it's just a question of running back, but it looks like they're getting some guys back this week.
1: Gotcha. Um, we had a question from Trojan. Trojan, I don't like this guest. Who is he? Seems like he likes UCLA. No way. So he might have been... huge, huge Trojan guy. You've <laughs>
0: never met a bigger Clay Helton fan than this look at, guy. Look
1: at the background here. I'll put yeah, you. Know, come at,
0: on. Look at this. I have this helmet right here.
1: Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you came in late, why howdy. Jeez. This is my Pac-12 Podcast of Champions partner David Woods covers the Bruins. That's why we got him on here to pre- give us a preview of USC and uh, UCLA. I know we have some let me pull up some of these questions we got and we'll kind of go through those and uh you know we, I know you got to get out of here pretty soon so we'll we appreciate you coming in. Josh had a question in the chat. Why is nobody talking about how Lincoln Riley and Grinch uh had beaten Chip Kelly and DTR in 2018 and 2019?
0: I mean is that really a data point? I, yeah. Did did you watch those UCLA teams? Good God! Um, it, it's
1: kind of like saying that UCLA put up sixty-two on yeah, USC yeah, last year. Yeah, I mean UCLA like, put a up sixty-two different...
0: on a Clay Hilton coach team. Right. <laughs> Um Yeah, I mean I, it's not it's apples to oranges at this point. I mean Oklahoma at that right then was a playoff contender, and UCLA was going busy going three and nine, four and eight, and blowing up the roster. So,
1: but UCLA, who did they beat? Like they beat like an Oklahoma type team. Like in that era, right? Or maybe like was it like Texas A and M or something or uh in Chip Kelly's first two years? Yeah, no. No. No, they didn't win a non conference game for two years. So that was before. Yeah. That uh, was
0: uh that was Jim Mora, his last couple of years. Oh, okay, they they okay. beat they beat Texas A and M in that weird um shootout where they had the massive comeback. Right. Oh, it was, oh yeah. It was yeah, Washington yeah,
1: yeah. State twenty nineteen, just two years earlier. But the crazy thing is and when Lincoln Riley talked about this this week, like, he's like when he coached against Chip Kelly, it was Kyler Murray you know like he's like I think he's been in the NFL forever yeah and uh he's like DTR must have been like 15 years old it was it was kind of funny just the way Ligerite was just he was like kind of mystified like I can't believe I'm playing against him again yeah yeah.
0: well no and it was it was uh because Wilton Spate started that year for UCLA 2018 and then he got hurt in the first game and so Dorian Thompson Robinson who was the backup coming into the year who they were not they were hoping not to play uh thrust into immediate action
1: gotcha this one is from Graham. Which team has the most detrimental weakness? I like this question. Ooh,
0: that is a good question. Um, honestly, up until this past week, I would have said um, USC's defense, just that it was generally worse than UCLA's. But watching, um, honestly, for the purposes of this game, watching UCLA's offensive tackles um, and imagining what Tuli Tui Pelotu is going to do. In this game is probably the one area where I don't think UCLA has a great answer.
1: You know, I I probably would still go just because the explosive play, like the USC's just given up so many explosive plays, and even against teams that aren't good, um, you know, offensively, like what we saw against Cal. I think that's where you might be the most there might be the most vulnerability. Um, You know, DTR can kind of get away from sacks just like Caleb Williams can. So even if there's pressure, you can kind of get away from that a little bit, and I think. That the, the kind of talent that both teams have at quarterback, you can kind of mitigate maybe mm-hmm. a, a good pass rush from the other team. But I'm not sure they're going to be able to stop. I think there's going to be some big plays. It's like USC on defense is probably going to need to force a couple turnovers and get a couple sacks because I think they're going to give up some big plays. So that, that might be the answer for me. But yeah, it's a good question. It is a very good question. Um, all right, let's go to uh eric says uh do we end up putting a spy on dtr if so maybe bryson shaw they've usa spied a couple guys and i think a lot of times like an eric gentry would play that role sometimes but shaw could potentially do that have, have people been spying dtr how effective has that been? um
0: arizona did a better job of it than most people do um you've got to play it really aggressively um he's I mean, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's pretty darn fast. Um, I generally think spies on fast quarterbacks are usually overrated. Um, You just have to play team defense. I don't think putting one guy, unless that guy's super damn fast uh, on the quarterback is really that effective. I mean, for example, UCLA ran spies against Jaden Delora frequently, and each time he beat the spy um, because even when he put like a fast guy like Carl Jones out there, I mean, if the quarterback's a real athlete, um, they they have an advantage in that situation. Um, they also have pump fake advantages. Um, so yeah. I just don't – I generally don't think it's a great idea. Um, I think you've just got to play pretty good and aggressive play on your edges and uh, hope you you know have some gap soundness from your linebackers. Yeah,
1: you know, got to contain for sure. You can't let guys like that get outside. It's funny, uh, after the Arizona game, Lincoln Riley – I mean, he had about as much praise for Jaden DeLora than I've heard him about anybody. Just- well, he
0: was having his good game week. Yeah. And then he had his bad game, and then he had his
1: good game again against UCLA. Uh, but he he was, I mean... He fumbled
0: it. What, how many times against Utah did he fumble the ball?
1: Like five <laughs> times? It wasn't
0: very... And then, good <laughs> then UCLA is like a golden god. Against USC, he's a golden god. And then in between, I'm, I just I literally cannot hold on to this football. I don't know what's going on.
1: We have a couple of questions about this, Art. Will Eric Gentry start against the Bruins? Uh, we got, Art went over this a little bit before. Uh, I don't know. Um, my, if I had to bet money, I, you know, I would probably say no, but it would be one of those things where they sort of were like saving him up for the last couple of games. Um, it looks like other guys were closer than he was to playing, like Amaro Williams and stuff, and then we just didn't. You know, see it all. And we're not allowed to comment if I saw him out of practice or whatever yesterday, but I, yeah. Can you blink? Uh, blink once. For what? For, <laughs> for I don't know. <laughs> I'll blink twice. Um, I don't Once yeah. if by land, two if by sea. I'm not sure. I think we'll just see, even if we see him warm up, like we saw Mario Williams warm up, like look like he was full bore and then didn't play. Uh, It would be a big, it would be a big help though for this USC defense. Um, All right. We got like a few minutes left. I don't, I don't, didn't see any other questions in there. Somebody asked about Jay Toia.
0: Um, oh, yeah, yeah. This is one of the interesting things. And if you want some insight into how bad USC was last year, because remember the the reports coming out of your spring ball where that Jay Toia was like the best defensive player. Killing right? it. Like just murdering guys. Yeah. Um he's been fine at UCLA, but he has not been a devastator. Like yeah. he's been he's been a plugger. Um he's not like blowing plays up rough and right. He's just a plugger. Pretty good one. But a plugger. Um, and so if you want some insight into how bad that USC defense was last year, that right there.
1: Yeah. Um, Dale, this guy's too reasonable to be a UCLA fan. I'm conflicted. I mean, he's a, he covers the team. but yeah. 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 I guess both of us are pretty – we both try to be reasonable – to the point where we'll like make fun of the teams we we cover. Like
0: what did we just do? I brought up that the biggest weakness was on UCLA's <laughs> side and you were like, "No, no, 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 no. USC is going to give up some explosive plays. They suck." Um so that's what we do here. Yeah. We're in our comfort zone when we are criticizing the teams we cover.
1: Rain Sounds for Relieving Stress and Sleep. That's quite a quite a long name. Did we get Shane Lee back? Yeah, he's been back. He's been playing with like a yeah,
0: like He's been a, back for a few weeks now. Yeah, right? he's
1: got like a cast on his hand. So him uh, to his CV of Nomura, and, uh, and Raylan Goforth uh, kind of came back. So sort of three-man rotation, inside linebacker. Against Arizona, they played a lot of dimes, so they didn't use as many. Um, but they they really could use Eric Gentry. They just, they're just not getting a lot of production out of that position. It's been that way around USC for a while. So some of it's talent, some of it's other stuff. Um, oh, here's – we got another one from Eric, and then we'll get your kind of like pick and stuff. Um, What position group for USC and for UCLA must step up the most? I like this. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Well, I don't want to keep belaboring the point about the offensive line, so I'll not say that. I'll say instead linebacker. Um, I think to keep Caleb Williams contained to the pocket has to be the number one goal uh, defensively. Um, and it's not as if he's not going to be an effective pocket passer, um, but prevent the freelancing, prevent the stuff where it's like a broken play and he throws it for 40 yards downfield and it turns into a touchdown. Um, I think linebacker containment, um, plan their gaps really well. And I'm including the edge rush in there cause they're whatever outside linebacker defensive ends. But, um, that whole group needs to play their most disciplined game of football this year
1: I mean I'd say pretty much the same on USC side the inside linebackers we were just talking about I mean that's that's where I think you're going to need those guys to be making plays if if you get Shane Lee tackling DTR for like a three-yard gain if when he scrambles that's great if it's Kalen Bullock tackling him for a 12-yard gain like that's bad so I think you need USC needs much better play from their inside linebackers you know and plus you know you guys like Jake Bobo who's sort of you know slot and you know <laughs> tight endish kind of guy like UCLA does the tight end stuff well. You know they run the ball well. I think it's going to be those linebackers going to need some. Can you put up Graham's uh, question,
0: please? Because that one made me chuckle while we were talking. Hold on, let me do this. Okay. (laughs) Will
1: this be Clancy's finest hour? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh boy. Um, uh, It could be. No. Uh, no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the thing I'll say is I. I, I have it as like 60-40 USC winning this game. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if either team won. No, I wouldn't. But the idea of holding USC like under, say, 38 points is impossible for me to imagine.
1: Yeah, I think – Literally impossible for me to imagine. Like if UCLA wins, it could be thirty like 42-38, 45 Yeah, yeah. it could be like that game – Or the, what, the, the reverse
0: of what it was two years ago when it was like 43-38. Yeah. I could see that. I cannot see anything where they're holding this this offense down to under that. Yeah. Um, and so, for UCLA to win, the offense has to be gangbusters. Like they got to score all but I don't know two times, and each time it's got to be a touchdown.
1: Yeah. Uh, John Lamb, will this game be sold out without tarps? And uh, where's uh, Teresa? Teresa, is the game sold out? The game is sold out.
0: It is sold out. They they are removing some of the tarpage. Um, it's going to be about seventy thousand. That's um, pretty good. You know? And they gave sixty five hundred tickets to USC. I know a priority for UCLA's AD was keeping this from being like a, you know, a twenty or thirty thousand USC yeah. fan game. Um, and so that was a priority uh to an extent. Um, but I would anticipate it being a majority UCLA crowd, but of course some USC fans bought from the UCLA allotment as always happens.
1: Yeah. Uh all right. Do well, I know you gotta go, it's the bottom of the hour. Uh do you want to do like a I mean, we. I think we're both similar as far as, like, it could go either way. I'll go right now
0: and say 45-38 USC, um, but I reserve the right to completely flip that when I write my preview, which will be due tomorrow. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, the way I think about it, it's just uh, playing the percentages. I think USC is, as the odds have it, a slight favorite, and I think that's justified. Um, and I, I have a little bit more to worry about with UCLA than I do with USC, um, USC's defense has a little bit more of a pulse with all those turnovers with the sack rate. Um, so playing the odds, yeah, they win by a touchdown.
1: I, yeah, I think it's somewhere in that, uh, you know, maybe a four-point win or something. But, I, like I said, it could go either way. I The one thing I like, I just like Caleb Williams' ability to just – he figures things out towards the end of the game. Like, if whatever way the game is going, he'll sort of like – you know, if if it's not going exactly his way, like we know for, from the UCLA side, if DTR has to throw it more than they've run it, they're zero and two, and when he, they run more, they're eight 0 zero. Um, I feel like Caleb Williams has won games where, like, the passing game wasn't working, and or you know whatever it was. Like, he figures out ways at the mm-hmm. end. So I kind of, have, I just have some confidence in him that he's going to be able to do that. Uh, of course, if the defense just gives up a touchdown on every single drive, which is possible, it's going to be hard for Caleb Williams to <laughs> beat be, that. Be a fun game though. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Dave, thanks so much um, for coming in here. This was a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys all. Enjoyed a little different feel uh, for a turn of legend. This is a pretty good preview of what you would get on the podcast of Champions. If you're not listening, yeah, you should listen to us. That's it. That's we both work for a living doing this. That's the thing we don't make any money on. We just like doing it. It's Zero dollars. Life. Yeah, it's but, a labor of love. Yeah,
0: we have a lot of fun doing it. So go over to Podcast of Champions. Ryan's and... paying me seven hundred dollars to be on this show right now. I, Zero dollars. Wait, I BVC. am. Yeah, oh wow, yeah. we talked about that. Remember? Did we really? No. Was I drinking or what was? <laughs> We should have had some beers in the in the. Stadium. Yeah, that would have been like, fun. I got to go pick my daughter
1: up. Oh, well then maybe not.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> going a little bit lit to school pickup isn't the worst
1: thing. She, in the world. She's not old enough to drive, right? No, no.
0: But she's starting to. We played a we played a racing game this weekend at an arcade. She only crashed into the wall like half the time, and I only had to turn the wheel to go make it go the right way once.
1: Okay, that's not okay. bad. That's not bad. Yeah. How? No. Old, wait. How old? Nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. She's tall though. She can probably see over the steering wheel. Okay. I yeah, like it. We're working with some tools there. There you go, uh, future driver here in Southern California. Uh, all right. Well, that is uh, David Woods. I am Ryan Abraham. and this is uh, not the podcast of Jim. This is Tunnel Vision, and uh, so we're not going to do our regular Thursday show. This will act as that show. So sorry for we're not doing a live show Thursday night. But go watch the Thursday night football game if you got Amazon Prime and all that. And I uh, hope you enjoy your time out there at the Rose Bowl if you're if you're going in person. Get there early. Traffic's usually kind of gnarly, um, but I'll be out there. David won't be. The TV covers playing at home.
0: I watch from TV, buddy. I got it made,
1: <laughs> so I get to see Tracy at the press box. You get I don't to, see, get to Tracy. see you.
0: You get to see Tracy and Mike.
1: Mike, yeah, Mike will be there. Like I yeah. love his tweets and everything. Yeah. So, uh, but check out David's work over at uh, Bruin Report Online, and I'll put our Twitter handles up at David David Woods. It's where you can follow his very very funny uh, tweets. There should be some good ones. Um, there could be some derogatory words thrown towards <laughs> USC's way. That's sort of like what he does during it's, this week. It's all it's all it's all fun.
0: All all for the love of the game.
1: Yeah. It is we have a lot of fun. Joe says, uh, podcast of champions and the Zodiac Killer rule. Uh yeah, we do have some really great callers and uh emailers on the podcast. Including of the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, he's he's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, unfortunately Stanford didn't do well against either of the teams that we so he had a little he had a little uh, hope when Stanford beat um Who they beat? uh, beat, Notre Dame. But the week before they beat who? They beat. uh,
0: No, they beat Notre Dame and then they beat ASU. Oh, ASU after. There haven't been that many wins. Don't get them confused. I know. Uh, There's only a couple, and Uh, and they beat like Colgate.
1: They beat Colgate, toothpaste. Yeah, they beat the hell out of toothpaste. All right, for David Woods, I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to Tunnel Vision. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.